You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode number 83. Talk about not business as usual with Tabitha Abercrombie. Tabitha Abercrombie is a floral designer, educator, creative coach, and chicken mama. She is the founder of Winston & Maine, an LA-based event and floral design studio that specializes in earth-friendly, nature-inspired floral design and custom installations for events and brand activations. Before Tabitha became an event and floral designer, she worked in the entertainment industry for over a decade, designing and costuming for film and TV. Anyone ever watch Parks and Rec? Hmm? And yes, Halloween is Tabitha's favorite holiday. She loves to create meaningful, memorable, magical, and shareable experiences for her clients. And her artistic florals have been featured on Martha Stewart, Green Wedding Shoes, Style Me Pretty, Pop Sugar, 100 Layer Cake, Huffington Post, and more. Tabitha believes in taking messy action, bringing your whole self to your business, uplifting the community, giving back, great storytelling, and strong coffee. Today, Tabitha is here with me to discuss, well, where we are right now, April 2021. Looking down the tunnel to the light at the end of it, hoping that we get to go back to business soon. But should we be going back to business as usual? That is, business as we've known it before. Go grab that coffee. Grab your tea. Tabitha and I are going to talk out this ish. Let's get to it. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your host, Renee Dallow. And this week, I am joined by someone that I know quite well in real life. So this is going to be a super fun one. Tabitha Abercrombie, how are you, love? Hi, Renee. I'm doing well. I'm so excited uh, to be here or where I am and where you are having this conversation. <laughs> in this in this liminal internet space that we're in, that we exist in together at this point. I know normally our talks take place in, outside of someone's house, like on a stoop somewhere. Right. <laughs> I feel like all talks at this point take place outside on a stoop. It's going to be very, very interesting once we resume conversing indoors again. <laughs> yes. And for everyone listening, stoop is the East Coast version of a porch. <laughs> <laughs> I said that and I was like, half my audience is going to be like, what the hell is she talking about? What's a stoop? That's what we say in Brooklyn, as opposed, there's no porches, there's just stoops. Anyway, now we're, now it's a whole side, high side track. But um, Tabitha, I've wanted you to come on the show for a very long time. And I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so excited to be here. And I'd be lying if I said I'm not a little bit nervous. Uh, truth uh, told, Renee, it is the first <laughs> podcast I've ever been on. No way. Okay, well, welcome. <laughs> and I'm glad we're the first. Yay. Well, then this is going to be even more fun for us. So you and I could literally talk about anything. But the topic that we agreed upon for this conversation um, is talk about not going back to business as usual, which I think is so appropriate for where we are in this time and space. So like full disclosure, we are recording this on March 24th. I don't, I have no idea when I'm going to be releasing this episode, hopefully in a, a couple of weeks. But at this point in time, I am half vaccinated. What about you? I am half vaccinated as well, um, as is my whole household. So in another couple weeks, we presumably will be um, much more 
protected than we are now, which is super exciting. Yeah. It also feels a little bit like hope. Yes. I was surprised. I mean, as a pro-science human, I was surprised at the amount of like kind of hope and relief I felt after getting the first vaccine. Yeah. And not just for myself or my family, but just as I see more and more friends, family, people getting it, it feels like, oh, this is real. Someday we will be able to leave our homes again. Yeah. All the listeners out there know I'm in, I'm in LA, as are you. It has been a very long year <laughs> for us. <laughs> right. That's true because I forget that depending where you are, especially in the United States, but I guess in the world, there are places that have been kind of open the whole time, but we are for sure not one of them. And we've been pretty thoroughly locked down for almost the entire last, actually now we're past a year, right? <laughs> Yeah, we're past a year. Wow, it's wow. funny. I was doing a coaching call with some with a wedding planner in Florida yesterday in Tampa, and she was saying how, talking about how many weddings she had this year and how many she did last year. And I guess she the look on my face. She was like, "What?" And I said, "I'm just. I'm sorry. I. It's really hard for me to hear that. Like you've been working nonstop. Like, and and I mean hard in that it must have been like so terrifying for for this planner to have to still run her business as usual in the midst of a pandemic. And so, although California. You know, we can debate whether it's been handled appropriately or not in our state. At least I haven't had to have the complete and utter panic that I think I would have had had I been faced with the choice to work or not in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, I feel really similar. I've definitely had floral design and just other event friends around the country who like watching their Instagram. It's like, oh, nothing has changed in terms of the yeah. amount of output and work they're doing, although obviously the parameters and how safe that work is, I'm sure that feeling is completely different. And now, as as you and I are half-vaxxed, as, as I've been saying around the house, you know, as we're looking down the tunnel and there's a little bit of light there, I'm going to be super honest. I'm a little, I'm a little torn. Like, I definitely want to go back to work, but I don't know if I want to go back to all the things that my life used to be. Yes. And it wasn't a bad life, right? I just don't know if I want to choose all those choices again. What about you? I feel really similar. Like as the world opens back up and especially in our sort of event pro community, as people get more and more excited about going back to work and everyone is talking about, you know, how busy they're going to be in the remainder of 2021 and how just absolutely like they're going to hustle it out in 2022 and they're going to work every weekend. I start to feel like I might get hives. Because like you, yeah. I was really busy and had an amazing year in 2019. And I also now have had a lot of space to recognize that like, oh, I wouldn't want to do it again that way, though. Yeah, 2019 was a really good year for me that almost broke me. And I don't even know that I acknowledged any of it until like mid 2020. Mm, do you think it's because you were just so busy doing, 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 right? Without any space to think about it or? Oh, yeah, always. Yeah. And like, I remember like the end of my 2019, I remember describing to someone as like complete chaos. And I meant it in like a haha, aren't, aren't I so busy sort of way. Like, you know, I had one of the most challenging weddings that I've ever done with the most challenging couple I've ever had. And then the very next day I got on a plane to go to Cartagena to speak at a conference. And then I was there for like a week. And then I had a lot of travel, like trouble coming home, getting back into the country just from like travel delays, like pretty standard stuff. But I remember I was panicked because I had to get home because I had a wedding the next weekend. And like that seemed normal to me. <laughs> yeah, well, because it was, right? I mean, even the- yeah 
two months of 2020, I had like multiple big events, multiple brand events, coaching clients. And I mean, honestly, even though that first week of the pandemic was terrifying because we didn't really know what was going to happen or what was even happening at the same time, there was a part of me that was like, oh, I just get to stay home thinking, of course, yeah. be for a week. But even then, it seemed like kind of a relief, truthfully, like, oh, OK, great. There's I literally am not allowed to go out and do anything. Yeah, I, I went I had the same the same thing. It was like terror, panic. And then like, wait a minute. So all I have to do is just stay here. Huh. That's OK. And then, of course, I like busied myself with like, let's clean all the rugs. Like I went into crazy town, but the actual work stuff, like once everything had gotten postponed and there was a kind of a break, you know, where like nothing could be done. I remember thinking like, OK, well, who am I now? <laughs> who am I when I can't do all these things? Like who, what happens to Renee now? Right. Yes, and that that was the part where I was like, oh, this is like residual 2019 stuff like coming up. Yeah, I have a similar thing. And it was so interesting because, you know, for me, I burned out on my first career, which was in film, as you know. And I really thought that I was so self-aware after that and that I, was, that was, I wasn't going to let that happen again, right? I'd already done that once and I knew what it was and I didn't identify with my job as much as I did you know, when I worked in film. And then I think that 2020 and the kind of beginning of the pandemic was a reality check of like, oh, maybe I was on my way to doing the exact same thing. And a big part of that is, yeah, how we identify as all the things we're doing instead of just being. Yeah. Yes. And I also think too, this is something that my coach says often is she says, new level, new devil. So the new level of me traveling internationally to speak at conferences creates a new level of sure like visibility but then also like a new devil of like okay then what am i giving up to do that because you always give something up really you just don't ever not ever but you don't often acknowledge it in the moment you only see it in hindsight and that's the part that i'm trying to change yeah absolutely i think that um having that space to really think about not just like whether we were being successful or how each project was going individually. Cause I think like I did, I did take time to reflect on that to a degree, even when I was busy, but then being able to kind of look at it, you know, from a little further back and say like, Oh, like, do I want to work most weekends? And, you know, even though we work in events, the answer for me now is like, no, I actually don't. I don't want to work every weekend or even most weekends because, you know, that's when Gavin is home and that's when friends who don't work in events are off. And I actually just like that feeling of having, you know, Sunday with nothing to do and I'm not facing the worst wedding hangover ever. Right. And I've also found in the last year of like forced, <laughs> forced quarantine that I'm actually really good at other things that I never really oh. gave myself the time and space to to really give like enough attention to know if it was something. And so for me, that's been the education brand. Like, so pre-quarantine, I only had one course. I had my, and I don't want to say only, but it was a big, my big course, wedding management. Mm -hmm. And through this past year, I've, I, I put out three mini courses. I led mastermind and group coaching programs. Like I would not have had the time and energy and bandwidth and mental, mental space to do 
any of that if we had had a regular wedding season. And because I was able to put up my energy there, I was like, oh, I actually really like this. Like, I could just do this and be fine if I could make this the whole thing. Like, I'd be fine with that at some point in the future, you know? So, and I would never have had that realization. Did you have anything come up for you like that? Yeah, that's so interesting because like you're saying, you wouldn't really know until you actually like take the action, right? Which is like a mantra for me. And obviously it's just a reworking of so much. It's out there in so much like personal development. Like I love the saying like action precedes clarity. And I feel like that's been true building my business. And then this year at home or this past year at home. Yeah. Similarly, I had time to finally do a few things that I wanted to do, but previously felt maybe trivial because they weren't totally contributing to what I was currently doing. So interesting. Yeah. So like, for example, I have now done a 500 hour yoga teacher training. um, Oh, wow. Which is something that I've always wanted to do. But also knowing that like, I don't think I want to be a full time yoga teacher. And so therefore, it felt like, well, should I spend this much time and money and energy right on this thing and you know I realized that I was maybe never going to have this many consecutive weekends again and so I I did it it took almost the whole year um and it was amazing and I would I love that have done that had I been doing weddings and events you know every week Right. Well, you wouldn't have had any space to do that. And I also, it's interesting though, because as you say, well, this doesn't really pertain to my business. And then you say what it is. I'm like, well, that totally pertains to your business. (laughs) That's totally like the silver lining of it, right? Because a big part of the final kind of push for me and wanting to do it is that, I mean, yoga has been a practice in my life that's really important. And I think a big part of the practice itself is learning to sit with discomfort which is an amazing skill to have in business, actually. And also, you know, starting this summer with um, George Floyd and all of the conversations around race and equity and equality, I think it's helpful there, too, like in a personal sense. Like, it's okay to be uncomfortable as a white lady. It's actually necessary. Yes. And I think instead of being fearful of that, it's really great to – have some tools to deal with it. And so in so many ways, in personal life, in business life, just in sort of like the human I want to be in the world, um, the timing couldn't have actually been better for me to actually pursue Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you know, it's funny when you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, I actually did take a, I took some courses this year too, as opposed, I didn't just create them, but I did a facilitator's training program for Tara Moore Uh, through Tara Moore. She's the author of the book, Plain Big. And it's a facilitator's program in order to teach her material. And it's, it's more in the realm of like a life coach situation. Again, not that I want to become a life coach, but those skills uniquely, you know, help with the mastermind and group coaching that I'm leading for wedding pros. So for me, it was, it was a little bit more of a, you know, same thread, but ultimately I would not have had time to do that in any other year. And now I'm continuing with um, with coaching training, you know, as we move into whatever this <laughs> whatever this year is going to look like. But I want to um, circle back to what you had said about equity and equality and all the things that came to the forefront this year. And by this year, I mean, you know, March to March. <laughs> yeah. And like when we talk about going back to normal, 
that's one of the things I cannot reconcile. Like, I don't want to go back to that normal. I don't want to go back to the time before our eyes were open to all the inequities and, and all the, the, all the work that has to be done. And I really want to get away from this idea that it's all going to be the way it was because I don't think it should be. Yeah. I mean, I agree completely. I think that the way it was, wasn't working for a lot of people. And I think one thing that I've seen that is really great and I'm so happy is seeing more and more business owners, um, especially small business owners who might be like the face of their company, actually being real political human beings on social media and in their businesses, because that's always been really important to me. And I know that in your business, you've always been really like clear with your beliefs and your politics as well. But I know that so many friends and just other event professionals don't feel that way or don't feel comfortable because, you know, mm-hmm. they're worried about, you know, everybody liking them. And I think I'm really happy to see people moving more <laughs> towards everybody doesn't have to like me, especially if you're an asshole. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. The everyone has to like me thing. I mean, there is a part of my brain that wants to be like, I never understood that. But of course, it's a human desire to be liked. However, I don't give a rip about that anymore. In fact, I actually, I assume that there's more people that don't like me than I know that I just don't hear from because why would they, right? And every so often I do get a glimpse of that. Like I get the DM that's like, stop talking about politics. I'm here for wedding photos. And I'm like, too bad. Go somewhere else then. (laughs) If you need wedding photos, there's no shortage of that on the internet. Yeah. I mean, I get that too. I definitely get, you know, I'm here for flowers. I'm like, well, that's cool. I do a lot more than flowers. So you're, you know, stick around or go somewhere else. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, and also we're all, yeah, it's like, and we're all multifaceted human beings. Like, no one is just one thing. And and I think that is what I want to bring into this this new normal, whatever it is, is that like, I am not just one thing. I am not just a wedding planner or an educator or a wife or a, a daughter or a feminist. Like I am the sum total of all of those things and so much more. And it's okay to bring all of that to the table. In fact, I think it's essential that we bring all of that to the table. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's always been important to me because, as you know, the, my sort of avenue into the wedding world is when I was getting married the first time and um, I was in a same-sex relationship. And this was, gosh, now it's more than 10 years ago. And, you know, we had really terrible experiences with vendors and just trying to, you know, have a wedding So it was always really important to me as a business to be really clear and really blunt because I want people to see that hopefully my clients look like them or hopefully I support things that are important to them and that that makes them feel welcome with me. And obviously I'm never going to be perfect and I'm never going to be for everyone, but I hope I would much rather attract the people I really want to attract and welcome and repel people who just would be a bad fit for me anyways. So I I think that that's great. Yeah. Like I've always felt that way and I'm I love that now it's it's feeling like it's becoming the norm versus sort of like being an outlier for having human a full human experience with the people you're about to <laughs> get a lot of money with. <laughs> yeah, can can you imagine a full human experience? What's that? On one hand it like 
I want to say like, oh, well, we've come such a long way in 10 years. But then another way, I'm like, well, have we really, you know, I mean, we're all still working at it, I think. And I think one of the things that I came to realize this year is that as uncomfortable as I sometimes might feel about speaking up, I will continue to speak up about all of my shit because I am hoping that by doing so someone else someone else who sees what i'm doing and saying who might be fearful of speaking up goes well she's doing it and she's doing fine right and in fact like if you look on the instagram stories for my wedding planning business moxie bright events we i added a new highlight a few months ago called like our ethics because i was yelling about something about about the about the election and someone came to me and said like that's you know i'm unfollowing you and i was like great and i'm also going to make a donation in your name and i kind of went a little nutty but (laughs) I, I admittedly, like it was not, I was in a mood, but I also still stand behind what I said. Anyway, so the feedback on that was I had former clients DMing me saying like, this is why we hired you and don't ever stop speaking out. And I ended up posting that feedback as well, because I think that's the part that is important to show people who might be fearful is that like, there are, there is support here for all of these ideas. And it, and you have to use your voice, I think, in order to run a really authentic business that helps move the needle and helps move the industry forward, because that's ultimately what I'm about. It's like, I'd like our industry to move into the current world. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit, we're always a little bit behind. Absolutely. It's so funny you say that because I, you know, because it's important in my business, it's something that I also encourage in fellow business owners who I coach. And I got the best text message pretty recently from one of my mentees that basically said that somebody had hired her because she was sharing her politics and that they, you know, it was important to them and they'd seen it and they hired her. So she sent me, you know, like a little thing and like told me about it. And I think that's the thing. Like we're all humans. And I know that I want to support people who I can trust and believe in with my dollars and also with my time. Our clients feel that way too. And for the most part, I think there's no downside. You know, yes, somebody stops following you on Instagram, but guess what? Most of my clients don't come from Instagram anyways. So that's fine. Right. And that person who's unfollowing you was never going to give you money anyway. Right. I guess that's what I mean like, in terms of, you know, so many of like my followers on Instagram or your followers. That's great. They're showing up. Maybe they like the flowers, but yeah, they probably they weren't going to buy anyways. So they're not your client. Exactly. Exactly. So Tab, when you look back on the last year of quarantine and still going for us in California, um, what are some aspects, right? It's like, I keep thinking, I keep saying like, it's going to be over soon. It's like, we don't really know. Um, (laughs) What parts, uh, if any of the last year, are you going to try to keep um, as you return to work and normal and whatever that looks like? So a big thing that I finally had time to, I guess, sit with during quarantine was refiguring like what I want my ideal day and my ideal life to look like. I obviously don't have a perfect answer because that would be amazing. But I do think that a lot of the things that I'm doing now that are just a part of my day are part of my ideal day. And those are like practices like my yoga, they're meditating, it's walking my dogs in the morning. And so I really want to make sure that those personal practices, that I keep them as I move forward, because events is sort of an erratic industry. And oftentimes I will get so busy that suddenly I will realize, or in the past, you know, you'll get so busy and realize like, oh, when is the last time I did like 
all these things that I'm professing to love doing or want to do every day. Yeah. So personal practices are definitely one that I want to take forward in a personal, you know, in my personal life. What about you? Yeah, I, it's funny. As soon as you started saying that, I was like, oh my God, yeah. I've been trying for literally for years to come up with like my perfect morning, right? Like, you know, entrepreneurial books are always like, what's your miracle morning? And like everyone who listens to this show knows, like I'm not a 5 a.m. riser. I'm more of a 2 a.m. Going, going to bed kind of gal. So like for me to get up hours before I start work to like have this miracle morning, like it just was never really like practical for me. But through quarantine, I've really discovered this is going to be funny to people who go to bed early but like 11 p.m is early for me to go to bed okay <laughs> so if i'm in bed by 11 i can get up by seven and i still get my sleep and then i still have like three full hours or some days two full hours before i have to be anywhere and how i use those two hours or three this past year has been really enlightening because i used to feel very guilty about that time like it used to be like well i shouldn't I shouldn't just go work out because there's probably, I should probably be answering emails or like, there's probably something else I should do or like just, you know, maybe I should be spending this time with, with my husband when he's home. Like it all just felt like uncontrollable, like out of with beyond the realm of my control, which of course is bullshit. Right. So the personal habits have been fantastic. Like, and just exploring like what that means, because what I used to do is be like, well, my, intellectually, my miracle morning would be this. And I'd list like five, five to 10 things. And then I would put them into practice and be like, well, I don't really like this. And then I'd feel like I somehow failed when really it's a whole exploration of like, how do I want to be spending this time? Coupled with something that my life coach actually talked about offhand. And I was like, wait, 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 can you say that again? Is that she schedules, and now I do too. She schedules 30 minutes a day under the umbrella of like self-development. Right. So that could be reading a book or listening to a podcast or consuming like one lesson of a course that she's taking and just having, I mean, it was so simple, right? Like it sounds so simple, but like 30 minutes calendared in my calendar for self-development every day. Like imagine what that would be if you did that. Everyone listening, just imagine what that would be if you gave yourself 30 minutes for something that was purely self-development. Like you could get so much done in a week. All those courses that you, all the bundles you bought, you guys, and never, didn't open, like 30 minutes a day, it adds up. It really does. Um, I have a personal reading practice and I read every morning and it is similar to that. There have been times where I've thought like, is this really indulgent and ridiculous? Yes. However, A, no, it's not because I enjoy it and it is very helpful. And then B, also, I think we get so hung up on like these 15 minutes, but like, I know I'm going to scroll on Instagram later in the day for 15 minutes. So I might as well do yes. something with intention. In the yes. And not yes. <laughs> yes. Or I'm going to go on TikTok. I mean, I'm on TikTok to watch my husband's videos, but I'm going to go on TikTok and 20 minutes later be like, what did I just do with my life? Like you get to choose the best choices. And that's, that's another thing, right? We talk a lot about and with my life coach stuff about like, what's the next best choice? And like, you don't have to know the whole thing, just what's the next best choice. And sometimes in that moment, next best choice is to read your book. Like that is the choice. Yeah. It sounds so simple. Totally. I think it also yeah. goes to something that's super important, like the things you were saying about your morning, which is like making self-care and I'm doing like the air quotes, <laughs> yeah. like sustainable, 
Like self-care is not sustainable if you're burning yourself out yes. so much and then you take one bath or you're burning yourself out so much and then you have like <laughs> an expensive ass massage that you cannot possibly afford to do three times a week. So I think like right. all of these types of practices, like your morning routine, even if it changes, it doesn't have to stay the same or my reading habit or whatever it is, like those are actual sustainable ways of taking care of yourself that you can continue doing even if you're busy or, you know, even as the world opens back up. And I think that's a really important, a really important thing for me. And just looking around at like the guilt around actually taking care of yourself. Yeah. The guilt is something that I don't want to bring back in. The guilt can stay away. That can stay in 2019. The guilt. Totally. <laughs> I agree. Here's something else that is probably going to be controversial that I say this um, on my podcast about the wedding industry. Um, I am going to do less networking when we go back to normal. And I know I say that as the president of a networking organization, but I was talking about this with my friend, Holly, your, your friend, Holly too, uh, yesterday, actually. And we, she said, she said to me, does it ever feel like that our old life, like incomprehensible to you now? Mm -hmm. And I said, no, it doesn't seem that way, but it does seem like we kept ourselves real busy for no reason. You know, we would go network to networking events two to three times a week. And I remember at some point I said, I want to cut, I want to cut down. Like I want to cut back. And we were like, okay, we'll just do one a week. And now that even sounds, sounds banana pants crazy to me. So I, I think, and this is not to say that I think if you're starting your business, there's no room for networking. Of course, I don't believe that. But when you get to a certain place in your biz, I think it's okay to take a pause and not have to run to every single party that every single one of your friends throws for the industry. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And in full honesty, even pre, <laughs> even pre-pandemic and pre-quarantine, while I love networking and I love community, I mean, I was half in awe and half in terror of some of my planner friends, you included, for the number of events you're able to make <laughs> in a week. Because yeah, no, it was it was madness. Lot. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. This is, and I, I do think there's incredible value in networking and in community, but I don't know that it's, I think it's qualitative, not quantitative. I agree. Um, I agree. Especially since a lot of times, at least in my experience, I see a lot of the same people at a lot of the events. So in some ways I would rather maybe deepen relationships and just go to lunch with the person I've seen at three different events instead of just sort of having a cocktail and talking for five minutes you know, three different times. I agree. And, you know, one of the things that I talked about with Holly last night is, and this is also like a super honest moment, is that, you know, a lot of times we went to those events so that we'd keep getting invited to the events yeah. because it felt good to be the person invited to all the events, right? And that feels like some kind of status and it feels like some kind of something you've won, right? Some status you've achieved and now you're now you're on those lists, right? But it's impossible for a human body to do all the things that I used to do and still be healthy because I wasn't, right? I wasn't in a healthy place. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't sick or anything, but mentally like it was just constantly on the hamster wheel. Yeah, it's so interesting because it's a little bit like the things that we put on our to-do lists so that we can cross them off because they're like going to be the easy cross off. <laughs> I mean, I'm. Fully, I do. I'm everyone, everyone does that, right? Not just me. <laughs> yeah, like I'm really guilty of this. I mean, I do the whole like, 
three top things I have to get done. But then there's that whole like list below that where I can just list like 500. Oh, yeah. Things. Like so many things no human is getting them done and definitely not <laughs> one day. Um, yeah, but same. But sometimes when I need a quick win, I just start doing the things at the bottom of the list that I don't want to say they don't matter, but they don't matter much. And so I think sometimes networking can feel that way. It's not that it doesn't matter, but it, it does like feed this feeling of busyness and that you're yeah. getting something and you know, done. Well, I, I, I totally, I like literally 100% agree. I, I do the same. And I do think at some point, especially that that kind of furious and fast networking was starting to feel that way. I also wonder um, under the umbrella of networking, if we're just not going to see a big cultural shift around the way we network in this industry, because the organizations and the venues and ev all the vendors that used to sponsor those events aren't going to be able to, to do it financially. There's not going to be that resource there for us at the, you know, at, in the immediate. So I would actually love to see a return to networking that feels way more intimate and way more intentional and like you said, just more quality, not as much quantity. Yeah. I mean, I also think there's some real room there for it to be more inclusive because whenever oh god, yeah. Whenever we're talking about like feeling like we've made it because we're being invited, that means there's someone or a whole lot of someone's who like haven't quote unquote made it and aren't being invited. And so like who are the people that aren't there? I think that that's like a really yes. good, could be a really good outcome here too, is that like, without all the bells and whistles, can more people be included? Can different people be included? I think those are yes. some, some interesting, um, could be some interesting outcomes from, like you said, the lack of sort of financial resources to create these huge parties because, you know, I mean, networking events are they're pretty intense. They're expensive and not everyone can participate. And also you can't invite everyone to participate if, you know, you're serving a full plated meal. Or, right. Or and the tickets and the ticket is $95 to attend. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So yeah, yeah. It seems like it could be a really interesting, like a return to, um, yeah, like quality and just sort of inclusivity of who gets to be there. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I could literally talk to you about this for another several hours, but you know, we can't, we can't record the whole thing. Um, <laughs> what do you think has been your biggest takeaway from this last year? Um, you know, it's funny because you sent over this prompt and I'm like, have all this chicken scratch in front of me. Of like, what is my takeaway? I don't know what it is entirely, but I think it has something to do with really giving or taking the space to, uh, to dream so that we can actually mm. have ideas we want to move forward on. And so that's I like, like that. I know we hear sometimes it's like giving yourself like scheduling white space in your calendar could be another way of saying it. But I just think that we need to have space to come up with the good ideas, not just always be doing. So I think that probably is my biggest takeaway. Yeah. What I love that. that. What's yours? Oh, I mean, I feel the same as you is it's it's a it's a big question, right? And um it's it's somewhere in the it's somewhere in the vicinity of like I feel like now I am closer to the person I really want to be than I was when this started. Mhm. Mm and it, it encompasses so many different smaller things, but I think we can't ever sort of overstate the importance of listening to yourself and trusting your intuition and 
just sort of rethinking all the things that used to just be reflexive and say like, is this really who I am or who I want to be or the community that I want to be a part of? Is this how I want to represent myself? And it's, it's really layered like deep work, but we've had the time for it. Right. So like, I might not have come out of quarantine with a six pack, but I definitely will come out of it with a lot of introspection on like me and my business and how, who I am in this world. You know, when we were talking about doing this episode, I, I'm a big fan of Priya Parker, which I don't know if you've read, have you read the book, The Art of Gathering? I haven't yet. It's on my list. You definitely should read it. It's a, it really is a game changer for the industry. And obviously it was written pre-pandemic, but if you get on her email list, she sends these beautifully written, of course, emails. And she said this um, on the anniversary of the pandemic, she sent an email that was beautiful, but in it, she said, this is something she wrote at the pandemic started. She said, in trying to make sense of what was happening around us, I wrote, this spell will force us to focus on what matters and then decide what that is. I realized that we would be entering, not out of choice, a period of deep rethinking around how we come together and in what form. And so my goal with this episode with you and, and this conversation with you is just to encourage everyone listening to, let's just not reflexively go back to business as usual. Let's really rethink all the things about how we come together, how we gather, what is the what is all the why behind this? Who do we want to be in our lives and in our business when we go back. And I don't think there's any room for business as usual. I just, I don't. What do you think, Tab? No. I mean, I think normal is a construct anyways. It never existed. And it wasn't <laughs> right. that great before for many people, <laughs> right. even us from this conversation. Um, right. <laughs> so yeah, I think, you know, we can't go forward and we can't really live in the future. So I think the big, maybe the biggest takeaway is just to actually really be present, which is a lot of what you were describing and is something I can now read in my own chicken scratch notes, um, both being in, <laughs> being present and really just approaching business and life with more intention. And if you don't have an intention, then actually thinking about like, why are you doing whatever it is you're doing? Yeah, that's an excellent point. Well, I think we've given people a lot of things to think about and no answers. No, that's not kidding. We gave them a lot of answers. It just might not be their answers. And that's okay. Listening. If you're like, I agree, but none of these are for me. That's fine. We didn't, you know, we want you to explore this on your own. And I also want to hear from you guys. I know, you know, I, I, I used to say this in the early days of the podcast, that podcasting is such a strange art form because we sit in, in, in rooms by ourselves and talk to one another, and then we broadcast it out and we end up in your earbuds and we have no idea what you think. <laughs> once it's out there. So we've been doing some Clubhouse talkback rooms. Um, so if you do not follow me on Clubhouse, please do. We do them in tandem with the uh, week's episode. So hopefully, Tabitha, when this airs, you'll be able to come back onto Clubhouse and uh, and talk back to some peeps. But if you're not on Clubhouse, where can people find you? Um, I am on Clubhouse, although I'm not very active here yet, but it's coming. I think the best is probably my Instagram, which is Winston and Maine. Uh, website is the same thing, Winston and Maine. You can sign up for my newsletter there and I will send you flowers and uh, more of my ruminations like this. <laughs> Love it. And you mentioned a couple of times uh, the florist that you coach. Is that also available on Winston and Maine? It is. Yeah. And it's actually not just florists. It's all types of small business owners and creatives. Lovely. Lovely. Oh, I love a good coach. Tabitha, you're the best and I love you. Oh, I love you too, Renee. Thanks for having me. Hopefully I didn't ramble. You're too welcome. Much. Was it? <laughs> I love it. How? So for your first podcast, do you feel like it was good? good experience? Are you, would you do another podcast? <laughs> 
I would. I thought it was um, a lot of fun and uh, really interesting. Well, good. Well, fantastic. I'm glad that we were able to be your first podcast. That makes me very happy. Friends who are listening, you know, I value you and I know that we all value our time. So thank you for spending your time with us today. Be sure to connect with Tabitha on Instagram. Check out me on Clubhouse, Renee Dallow on Clubhouse for all the talkback episodes or talkback rooms about the episodes. And as always, we will see you next week. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram.